You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Warwick Radio. Today, I must say, it's going to be my favorite one. It is so uber special because we have one of the best guests that I've wanted from day one. And he's Warwick's own Speaker of the House, K. Joseph Shakarshi. I get get a little nervous because I have known this young man since he was 16 years old. Joe, thank you for coming in today and sharing some of your thoughts and plans for the future for Warwick and the state. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, as you said, we've known each other for a lot of years. And before we get started, I just want to acknowledge everything you've done for the city of Warwick, a former state senator, a trailblazer in so many issues, things that were not popular in the 70s, things that are popular today. Gloria Kennedy was fighting the fight back then and continues to do so right now. So it's a pleasure to be here. I look forward to talking to you and, and hearing from you so we can share it with your listeners. Well, because everyone knows that I said I'm a big fan. In fact, I, I think you're the best speaker of the house we've ever had. And I go back to Joe Bevilacqua and on. But just because I think you're grand doesn't mean I'm not going to ask you the tough questions. Ask me anything you want. Mm-hmm. What does the K stand for? That's a secret. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> darn. I always wanted to know what that K stood for. Now, anyway, you know, as... We both know. We've known each other a long time. The very first time I met you, I go, wow, he's got it. This kid, because he was 16, he is going to go so far in politics. And you have. Now, what I want to know is, did you choose politics or did politics choose you? Uh, I think it was a little bit of both. If you remember, we have a mutual friend at the time. Her name was Elaine Pesey. Oh, Elaine, who, God who rest her soul. Who's passed away. But uh, she was the one who uh, really kind of, you know, ignited a certain desire in, in, inside of me that said, you know, public service is a passion. You can accomplish great things. You could do a lot of good things about it. And she got me interested in, in running for office back when I was 16. I couldn't run. I was too young. You had to be 18 to run. But I got involved with it at the, at the time. And I think you were supporting him. Uh, United States Senator Kennedy, 1976, he was running against Jimmy Carter in the presidential primary. 80. It was, it was the 80, the prim- 80, 80 prim- primary. Yes, okay, 80 yeah. primary. That's right, because Carter got elected in 76. You're right. And I regret that decision to this day. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, I know that, but yeah. at, at the time, uh, who knew back in 1980 what we know now, you right. know, 41 years later. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, the reality is that kind of excited me a little bit about politics, and then the rest is how we say history. And I got involved in Warwick politics and got involved with Vicki Lederberg when she ran for Secretary of State. I, that's where I met uh, Dr. Corbett. Arthur Corbesi, who's the state rep and chairman right now, and I met you, and I got involved in the state house. Mike D'Ambra was a page in the House and the Senate, worked for Bruce Sundland, worked for Frank Flaherty, worked for Joe Paley. You know, so I've, I've been around the block. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you, you know, you're, you're young, which I'm not, or you're new, which I'm not, but I might be new to a lot of people, but the reality is I've been around in Warwick politics and state politics for a long time. I ran Paul Songus's campaign as well when he ran for president. You know, I was doing talk radio back then in Massachusetts. And, and I had his sister on Th- the air. Thalia in Attleboro. Yes, and he had just dropped out. Mm. And I th- said to self, something's wrong. 
something is very wrong because that man had a fantastic showing. He was gathering a lot of support. And then, unfortunately, we know what happened. Yeah, he was ill, unfortunately. Yeah, it, unfortunately, like oh. our good friend and the former mayor, yeah. Joe Solomon, so many good people that run for office because they care. Not There are a lot of people that are out there, and we won't mention names because there's like, oh, I don't know, 100 years worth of them that get in it for the money, for the fame, for the claim, um, ego, whatever. But there are the majority who go there because they want to make a difference, like you. And I did, too. I mean, I always like to say never got a city job, state job, or indicted, you know. <laughs> and I made $5 a day. But I want to know if when you were growing up, did, did that ring a bell even back then? Because it did yeah. with me as a kid because of my parents. And I know your yeah. dad was a doctor, right? Yeah, my dad is still with us. Uh, he's 90, 95 and a half. He's a retired surgeon. My mother passed about 14 years ago. But yeah, they instilled in me that obviously community is important and help people. And, you know, my parents uh, grew up very poor. Uh, my father came from the Middle East. My mother came from Providence, but they were very successful. They had three children, all, all three of us, were, you know, professionals. My brother and sister are both attorneys. And one of the things they kind of instilled in us was that you really needed an education first. My father and mother were extremely supportive of whatever I wanted to do. I mean, my father would say, you know, whatever you want to do in life, be the very best. But whatever you're going to do, you're going to do after you get your education. And he was really, he rode me very hard, whether it was politics or anything else. I needed to get a college education. And they, and, you know, they put money aside for me. They made sure that all three of us went to school. And beyond that, after we, you know, finished college, we could do whatever we want. They were supportive. Well, I must say, Mary, your sister, I, I don't know if I've ever met your brother, but Mary, I know. Yeah. And for your parents to say, hey, you know, she's female, we're going to give her the best shot possible, which uh, I know from my own uh, situation, I put myself through college later on, yep. which is not to yep. uh, chastise no. parents. It's the fact that that was what happened then. Sure. You know? No, I took out student loans. Believe uh, me, I had Pell, Pell Grants, Pell Loans, all that stuff. We, Thank goodness we paid them all back. But, you know, my parents were always there, and they were always supportive. Uh, whatever we decided to do, as long as we were in school and we were in education, I was, I was good to go and, and dabble in politics a little bit. As long as I kept my eye on the ball, as my father would always say. And, and you know, in hindsight, you look back 40 years it was obviously the right decision, and it's correct. And it was the same advice I would give anyone, any young person today. I interact with a lot of the, you know, um, pages at the house, interns at the at the house, and in, in life, in Warwick, in, in practice, whatever. Young lawyers, I always tell them, you know, get the education, then you can go do what you whatever you want to do. And there's so many areas. The law today is very complex, mm -hmm. and healthcare. You know, if you look at hospitals, the heads of all these hospitals, either doctors or lawyers, and uh, a, a law degree today it, it makes a big difference in business. The head of major corporations, they're usually either lawyers by training or by practice or both. So it it's a good degree. It gives you a lot of flexibility, and you know it's always good to have and to fall back on. Major corporations rang the bell. You just did something very amazing, which I don't think people really know about, and that is you got Bally's, which... Are they still part of Harris? I think there's no. It, it, they're it's not. A, it's a little bit different. Okay, because so, uh, I, I worked yeah. with the Harris crew, and I knew they're 
their people way back in the day. So Twin River, yeah, which right. was uh, owned Lincoln Casino and, right. s- and since uh, opened up one in Tiverton and is a growing concern. They went through a uh, uh, corporate restructuring and they brought in some outside investors from outside the country and they're a very well capitalized company. We entered into a 20-year agreement with IGT and Twin Rivers. When I say we, the state of Rhode Island, which I helped negotiate the final details and I want to give obviously a lot of credit to the Senate president because those two companies were very adverse and they were fighting each other. And he brought the parties together and he structured the framework of a deal. And I came in at the end because that's when I got elected in September and kind of closed the deal, tweaked the terms significantly and made it better for the taxpayers of Rhode Island. But the benefits of that is you have these two great corporate uh, um, titans of business anchored here in Rhode Island for the next 20 years, growing in Rhode Island. And as part of that negotiation with Twin River, which has since bought the Bally's name and rebranded itself as Bally's because that's a very well-known gaming name, and they're growing, they were going to create 30 new jobs. And it was not part of the legislation, but during the course of negotiations, it was tense and was going back and forth. They committed to, to me personally, and it's not in writing, it just gave me their word, that they would um, expand those 30 jobs in the city of Warwick. I was very proud of that. And then as we have moved forward from the time that we enacted that bill on May 11th, and I'll, I remember that day specifically because I had a, a, a personal tragedy. My office burned down that day. We, oh, ha- we, had, that, go- we yeah. had that vote, and then that night I went home, I, and I was on the phone, and I was talking to somebody. They said, hey, do you, is your office at College Park? I said, yeah, it's, it's burning down. So mm. it's kind of like indelible in my memory. But uh, let's go back to the deal. The reality is that uh, they gave me their word they would bring these 30 jobs to Warwick. And, you know, uh, flash forward to today, or in this case, Wednesday, they announced it, and lo and behold, it was not 30 jobs. It was over 50 jobs, and it's a high-tech, growing area of gaming. It's the online portion of gaming. The, the gentleman who was in charge of it, the COO, is 22 years old. That uh, gives you an idea, mm. and these jobs are very skilled jobs, and they're well over $100,000, like one hundred and thirty-five to 185000 Wow. These I wish are, I were younger. I'd go these, sign up. Yeah, they're very technical jobs, and they're really, it's great to have this in Warwick, and it's great to grow. But that's just one of the many thing, good things happening in the city of Warwick. I know this is Warwick Radio, but people should know there's a lot of activity and a lot of development going on within the city. Um, and we're working hard collaboratively with the Senate president, the governor, myself, to uh, try to uh, woo a major airline here as well. Wonderful. Now, I happen to know that you've also got... Uh, Bal is to increase payment. You also got a commitment um, to even increase the money that is uh, used to help people with a gambling yeah. problem. So uh, part of that negotiation, there were about five or six uh, uh, improvements, as I called them. They were part of the original deal, but we kind of sweetened the pot for the state. We got an uh, additional $5 million to the state. Some of that mo- money will come in terms of an upfront payment. Some will come in increased payments as the life of the contract. We got more jobs. We increased payments for problem gambling. We also increased the penalties if they don't meet the jobs quota. We also, which is very important, we accelerated the wage increases for all the workers of Bally's in Rhode Island. That's Twin River in, and Tiverton, both. Now, we have increased minimum wage, and there's a scale up to that over the next four years, but Bally's has agreed to accelerate that as well. So it's very important that the people who work there get a living wage, and those jobs are very good jobs because you can support a family. They have benefits. They have health care. They have retirement um, options. There's a lot of good stuff going on at Bally's and IGT. So we're happy. They're staying in Rhode Island. We're happy they're growing. And I say 
this all the time. Their success is Rhode Island's success. Exactly. Senate President Dominic Ruggiero, somebody I've known almost as long as you. And, um, you know, I'm going to just go back to my experience. We, the Senate, seem to say the House was more of an adversary than any Republicans that we had to fight. I don't get that with you and Dominic. It seems like there's a uh, a good coalition going between the two of so you. So it's a great relationship, and I do consider him a friend. So first of all, that's important to say because he is a friend in, in many ways. But I also say that you know we not we don't get along on everything, nor should we. That's not our roles. But I will tell you that we have developed an unbelievably good working relationship. We're getting a lot of legislation done. I saw some advocates outside this morning. We were talking about the session in general. Uh, this session, this past session, was the most productive that I've ever seen since I've been in the General Assembly. That's nine years. And we've accomplished so many great things. Pay equity, the promise program, raising the minimum wage, the IGT Twin River deal. I mean, I can go on on capping co-payments for insulin. We've done a tremendous amount and we work together. And that's the only way people don't realize that you could have the best ideas and you can pass them in the House. But if you don't have the Senate to pass them as well and you don't work with the governor, they don't become law. So we've all three of us developed a great working relationship. And we will continue to do so because it's the best interest of the people of Rhode Island. And we're going to work very hard. We got body cameras done this year. We work with the attorney general. And we got every state in Rhode Island starting next year will have the option of getting body cameras. And we have funded that program for five years. I mean, I can go on and on. This list is like 30 major pieces of legislation that we passed this last session that will help Rhode Islanders. And that, to me, is a great sense of accomplishment. You know, it's really a shame that we don't get the news like what you just told us. I mean, I think the quality of coverage, especially on television, has really decreased. Now, here in Warwick, we've got the beacon, and we always get good news about what you are doing up at the State House and other people. But statewide, they still think we're a bunch of crooks. Uh, people, there's always a cynicism in government, uh, and I think it is very prevalent today. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will speculate. Uh, I'm, I haven't seen any surveys, but I think that social media has a lot to do with it. People can say things on social media, and it gets out into the atmosphere, the internet world, and there's no backup. There's no truth to it. There's no logic behind it. It's just like, I don't like Gloria because she's wearing a purple shirt today. Oh, my face. Or Gloria is a bad person because she's wearing a purple And there's no rhyme or reason to it, and it just kind of amplifies out there. And unfortunately, you, and you see this nationally as well as locally, some people only get their news from social media. Now, I understand the benefits of social media. There is a place for it, but it shouldn't be the end all and be all because it's there, there is no journalistic yeah, ethics really. on social media <laughs> there's no checks and balances on there's no editor reviewing it or anything else well uh, uh, just as an aside but there's so many problems that have to be fixed nationally uh, because of the past <clears throat> administration um, I have asked um, David Cicilline and I've talked to Senator Whitehouse about reestablishing the fairness doctrine which I won't get into it because it's very it's complicated, but I also believe that we could somehow also include social media because so, uh, fairness doctrine in a nutshell, you had to give equal time, you had to prove what you said on the air because I worked in radio and television when we had the fairness doctrine and then after, and it's when hate 
radio and TV came in, and I think it's a shame. I do, too. I'm not exactly familiar with the details of that, but I think anything with the word fairness yeah. resonates yeah. with me. Uh, unfortunately, in, in these positions of state government, you, you know, you have a, someone who's running for state office now and he just wants to attack the General Assembly. And no one really, if you, go, if you peel back the onion, so to speak, you'll see that we've done a tremendous job that 99.99% of everybody in that General Assembly works hard to do the right thing for their constituents. It, and, it, and kudos. And I'm proud of that. Kudos right. to your staff because I've, I've talked to them many times on the phone, and you know, they adore you, well, with your ebullient personality, <laughs> who's not going to adore you? But they work there, so hard. There are plenty and, of people, who, who <laughs> read my Twitter account, I, I call it toxic Twitter, but... Oh, I'll have to take a look then, I'll that, set them straight, right? Thank you, I will tell you that I'm blessed, I have a, a, wonderful. I have a great talented group of people, I have a great chief of staff, a great press person, I've got great support staff, chief legal counsel, I make them go on and on, and they're dedicated, they work hard, they work late into the night, they work on weekends, they work on Sundays, people have have no idea what it takes. I mean, they, they see the session that's in for 15 or 20 minutes, and people sometimes, like Chris says, oh, you're not coming back in session. Why aren't you back yet? It doesn't mean no. we're not working. It doesn't mean we're on vacation no. and, you know, yeah, yeah. in the Mediterranean somewhere. Yeah. I have, we have tremendous, we, we've done more in this off session that the, in the history of the General Assembly. I've got like six active study groups going forward. We've had finance committee working. I have oversight going on. We're working very hard every single day in the General Assembly. This is really going to break my heart because we only have two minutes left. But um, quickly tell us what the priorities are and how the state is uh, facing up financially. So we're in relatively good shape in Rhode Island, and I will say that the federal government giving all that stimulus money and extra unemployment has helped us with our sales tax numbers, and hopefully we're running a small surplus in in terms of a $13 billion budget. We just got our opera money last year, and we were waiting our infrastructure money. So we're in the short term a good a good place, but we have to make sure that we don't squander that. We have to do this right. It's very critical that we pause, listen to everybody. We have a website, so if anybody has ideas on what to do with ARPA, we want to collect all that money, uh, excuse me, collect that ideas before we spend the money, and we want to do it right. There are rules and guidelines. People should understand that this money is not free money, and it, and they should also understand it's one-time money. There are restrictions and what you can and can't spend it on, and it's only good for one time. Well, so it's not going to be around next year. Well, it's um, it's gone by way too fast. We're going to have to have you come back uh, after the session. Tell us what happened, was all of the good things, some of the things that didn't pass, and maybe something that you will be pushing for uh, in the next session after that. Ladies and gentlemen, you've had the rare opportunity of listening firsthand to your Speaker of the House Joe Shikarshi, a friend, a good guy, and we want him to come back and tell us more. I'd love to come back and thank you for doing what you do and continue to do for 30 years of public service, whether it's behind the microphone or, or at the state house or in the community. You're always an activist in, in, for all the right causes and the right reasons. Oh, it's a yeah. pleasure to be here. I always love coming to the Warwick Library because it's not just a great library. It's a community center. So thank you and thank all the people who work here to make this a very welcoming uh, place to gather and, and learn. So my pleasure and happy holidays to you and all your listeners. Oh, you too. You're more than welcome. Nice to see you again. Bye-bye. Bye.
You're listening to Warwick Radio Online. The voice of Warwick, Rhode Island.